Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to Bitch Slap. This is Rachel Fisher. This is Desi Jenikin. And this is Melrose Place Season 3, Episode 9. Dr. Jekyll saves his hide. What a great episode, Desi. Oh, man. This had so many incredible moments. So it starts many, off with a bang. It starts off with a bang, post-bang. And it just keeps going. We love it. Let's get right into it. So Sydney wakes up next to Jake, and she's trying to sneak out. And this made me sad, because this is clearly Sydney feeling like, oh, I know my place. I'm just used for sex. Yeah, everyone regrets the day after what they did with me. She's trying to save face, thinking that her only value at this point is her body. Mm. And this made me sad. And she, Jake wakes up. And he's like, where are you going? And she's like, oh, I didn't want to wake you up. She, and she just like is trying to get out of there. One thing I can give Jake credit for, he's always like, if he bangs you, he will make you coffee. Yes. Or breakfast. Yes. <laughs> he will do the right thing in the morning. And uh, I like that. I like that about him too. And she's being very evasive because he senses something's wrong. And she is like, nothing. I'll see you at Shooters later today. Right. Jane is heading out for work and she runs into Sydney in the courtyard and sees her coming out of Jake's apartment. Like you gotta, I was kind of shocked because I was like, you gotta like look in Melrose Place before you just leave a, a house or an apartment door. Yeah. Because Jane lives right there by the entrance. No, this was a little, this wasn't good planning. No, Sydney was not at her sneaky best. She was focusing too much on sneaking to make sure Jake didn't wake up as opposed to sneaking around the courtyard. Yeah. So she runs into Jane and Jane sees she's come out of Jake's apartment and she goes, you little bitch. <laughs> and she's like, I get it. You're just sleeping with Jake. So he'll do your dirty work for you and turn Chris and turn me against Chris. It's like, there's lots of reasons to fuck Jake. Like... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what? Yeah, this isn't like she's fucking some uggo. Also, Jane believes this wild conspiracy over what actually is pretty logically true that her fiance is a scumbag. Right. Like, why doesn't she? I mean, she's been through this before. We talked about this. She also didn't believe Michael was cheating. Like, it's like, how many times do people have to tell you something and you're going to like go all in? And she. Blamed Allison for that, too. Yes. She thought Allison was like just jealous. Jane loves to shoot the messenger. She loves it, and then it ends up blowing up in her face. Yeah. And Sydney has had it. She's like, fine, don't believe me, but you know, you're going to find out soon enough, and it's going to destroy you. And honestly, I'm excited for that to happen. And I wrote, good for Sydney. I know. Because it is true. It's, you can only do so much. You have warned Jane... You've gotten other people to back you up, and she's still going to go full force ahead with that jerk. Right. Like, she'll find out, and she, I think she's going to find out soon. I'm excited. Yeah. I honestly don't remember how exactly it goes down, so I'm excited to re-find out. Yeah. Susan is packing her shit out of Allison's mm. because in the previous episode, Allison 
talked shit to Susan at Shooters when she was drinking screwdrivers. And she called her Betty Crocker. She <laughs> called her Betty Crocker, and she was just being a mean drunk Allison. Um, a little side note, because this this we also had the um, credits roll right before the scene. Do you have lyrics you sang to the Melrose theme song? No, I don't. Do I you, do. Wait, what are they? We're living here at Melrose Place. <laughs> we're always here at Melrose Place. Did you used to sing that <clears throat> when you were younger watching the show? I don't know, but every time I hear the song, I'm always like, we're living here at... <laughs> like, that's what it is. <laughs> I. <clears throat> They're not good. No, but I've that's so funny because I've actually never sung lyrics to this theme. Yeah, I, I don't know that. why I do. Every time it goes in my head... Because I think before we started doing this podcast, we had discussed, like, for our theme song. Oh, right. Re, like, adding lyrics to the theme. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Because that, that would have worked. It doesn't even matter. It just it has to be stupid. It has to be stupid enough, and that is stupid Very enough. Very stupid. So Susan's packing her shit, and... She's very apologetic. Allison is very apolog- apologetic to Susan because she's sober now. I know. It was shocking. And she's like, Susan, I don't want to ruin our friendship. We've been friends too long. It means too much to me. And she's like, look, I had a little bit too much to drink. Mm. And she's like, please don't move out, Susan. And Susan is like, "Did you? do you still love Billy? And Allison is like, no. I love him as a friend. We were friends first. So I love him as a friend. And she says to her, I realize that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life with him. Oh. That's new information. Yeah. And then she she sums up Billy perfectly. Yeah. She, <laughs> she literally nails him. She says, look... I know, like, I'm just going to let you know, like, maybe like you'll find out from dating him, but he's really annoying. She's like, he makes a great first impression, but he'll very quickly get on your nerves. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly true. She clocked him. Yeah. She's like, he's selfish. He's demanding. I guess you're just going to, you know, find out on your own, Susan. That's not for me to decide. This is where Allison's at her best. She's pretending to be reasonable, but she's still clearly very pissed. And she's she's trying to sow division. Yeah, absolutely. And plant seeds. But look like a good person. Yeah, she's like, yeah, it's not up for me to decide whether or not you think his annoying personality is charming. Yeah. Maybe you'll love his selfishness. Who am I to say? <laughs> and Susan buys it, and she's like, okay. And she agrees not to move out. And then we leave the scene on Allison's pissed off face. Yeah, she's clearly not happy about this. I think Allison's also doing that thing where it's like you give someone permission to do something, hoping they'll say, you know what? No, it's the wrong thing to do. All Allison needed to say to Susan was like, yeah, Susan, it's, it's kind of not cool that you're dating my ex-fiance. Like, that's weird. Susan would have not done it. Like, if Allison said that, I, I think... And if she still did do it, then she knows, okay, this is not someone I want in my life. This is not a friend to me. Right. Also, I, I think it's completely reasonable for her to say no. Like <laughs> for, for Allison to say no? Yes. Yeah, it is reasonable. It's weird. Especially the fact that they live in the same apartment building and work together. Like there's many reasons why they need to keep that relationship together. Like y- yes. So at D D. Michael shows up Mm. because he wants to talk to Amanda and he's like, look, I'll get right to the point. I lost my job. Yeah. Michael got fired. He got fired last episode by Peter Burns and he was having a crisis Mm. and he's like, I need you. I know like you're, you got something going on with Peter. He's obsessed with you. So I need you to go talk to him and get my job back. And Amanda's like, well, Michael, I don't know what you heard, but I don't have any influence over him. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, right. You could get a Tibetan monk to strip naked and dance the hoochie coochie. And she's like, hmm, well, I don't know, Michael. What's in it for me? Yeah, ka-ching. 
Kachang, she's like, you know, what about your steak and Mancini designs? That's something that would interest me. Yeah, I love that Amanda goes big here. This is really big. And I, I like, I love that Amanda's always the kind of person that's thinking like, she's, she's never going to do something for free for anybody, no matter what the circumstances. She always needs to have an angle about yes. what, what she can get out of it. Absolutely. And Michael goes, you out of your mind. She is. And she's like, look, Michael, if you don't want your job back, I guess, fine. You know, you can sleep on this and yeah. get back to me tomorrow. At Shooters, Jake wants to talk to Sydney because he notices that she's been cold all morning. Yeah. I mean, she should expect a weirdness here. Also, he is her boss. And she does mention that. She's yeah. like, look, you're my boss. I shouldn't have slept with you. Uh, let's just forget last night ever happened. It was a mistake. Mm. And that's not Jake's style. Well, it's interesting because wasn't Jake, Jake a few episodes ago saying he didn't want to be in a relationship? Yeah, but Sydney's, <laughs> Sydney's so good. She's really struck a chord in him. Like, She's like turned him around. Yeah. She's having him reconsidering his stance. Well, and this is the first time in a while he's had a woman who's truly needy. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously Amanda and Joe are secretly needy, like backdoor needy. They're backdoor needy. <laughs> And, but but Sydney actually needs help and doesn't mind showing it. She's more vulnerable. Like the other two always tried to hide it because they try and act like they're so tough they don't need anybody. Yes, yes. Um, and like Amanda, the only time she lets her, Amanda's needy in a manipulative way. Yes, she's like, I really need a friend. She always says that I really need a friend. That's also how she'll get a ex boyfriend back. When she sees them moving on, yes, she'll like need them all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sydney's like, look, Jake, I just really need this job. Let's just forget it. At Jane Mancini Designs, mm. Amanda stops by and starts pawing at a crushed velvet baby doll dress on the dress form, and she's acting like this is like the second coming of Gautier. Meanwhile, we've never seen her wear anything like this. Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> no, this dress is a schmata dress. It's not, it's, there's nothing remarkable about it. And she's like, wow, Jane, this is, this is incredible. Yeah. I'm really impressed by this. And Jane is like, what can I do for you, Amanda? Yeah. I, I like seeing weird people at other people's jobs. Where it like Mancini fit. at D and D, Amanda at Jane Mancini Designs. Like, right? It's always kind of like, what's going on here? Yeah, why are they in this space? This isn't their world. No. And she says, "What would it be worth to you to get Michael out of this business?" <laughs> so now she's got an angle for Jane. Now she thinks she can get something out of Jane. Yeah, she's playing both sides for sure. And Jane's like, "I don't know, Amanda. You got you're the one who got Michael into this business." And she's like, look, Jane, I saved this company from bankruptcy. Yeah. And Jane has to be like, yeah, good point. And so Jane is like, if you can pull that off, Amanda, I'll split his stake with you in the company. Now, what I don't get is she's getting it all from Michael, right? Jane? And her, her deal with Michael was give me your stake in Mancini Designs, Right. Uh, with Am Amanda and Michael. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So with Jane, though, she's only going to get half of Michael's stake? Maybe she just meant half the business because oh, Michael has half got the business. It. Okay. Um, anyway, Jane is like, yeah, like if you can pull something like that off, then sure. And she's actually excited about this because Amanda's like, yeah, I could fucking wrestle this stake back from, yeah. the, from him. Billy and Susan are hanging out at Billy's apartment and she's like happy they don't have to sneak around anymore because she's convinced like, yeah, Allison said she's okay with it. So obviously she's okay with it. This is a weird scene. Billy's like stirring some pot at the counter and he's like, you want to try my cookie? 
and they're just sprinkling things in it. And they're also, they're so close together next to this pot that's not even on the stove. It's not on the stove. He's taken it off of the stove and onto the kitchen counter and he's stirring it. And he's like, try my soup. And she tries it and she's like, hmm, it needs a little something. And she puts it back on the stove and then dumps some Tabasco sauce and some like Mrs. Dash seasoning in it. I know. We're supposed to believe that this is like elevating it. She's like, it needs, like, she's like, it needs a few tweaks. And she literally just put some hot sauce in it. And he tastes it and he says, beats the hell out of moms, which is gross in yeah. a way. Yeah. And then they start making out with, they have like a saucy, whatever kind of sauce he made make out session. This is like the scene where we're supposed to be like, oh, look at their chemistry. It's undeniable. And they, I'm denying it. They have no chemistry. It's zero chemistry. I don't know what's going on here. The way she looks at him is like, I don't know. The scene made me be like, oh, wow. Allison and Billy actually did have some chemistry. They had heat. <laughs> there was they, some playfulness. They had serious heat compared to this. But they did they did those playful scenes well. This was like forced. You bought that they really loved each other. Yeah. And that they had, despite their differences, they did have things in common and they did have fundamental values in common. Yes. Later, Jane is home from work and she runs into Allison and Allison's like, yep, I'm having a date with Mushu Pork and Barbara Stanwyck. Which, again, calls back to how her and Billy would watch old movies. Yes. And that made me sad. It's sad because, like, like you said, they had these things in common that I don't see with Susan. No. And Allison sees Billy and Susan giggling and touching each other in the upstairs window in his apartment. So she's got, like, a bird's eye view of his window. And he's just like leaving <laughs> the blinds open all the time. And as soon as Allison goes inside, she immediately goes to the freezer where she pulls out her bottle of vodka. She pours herself a tall glass <laughs> and she starts drinking. And then she sits down in a chair by the window and we can hear Billy and Susan giggling from all the way like across the courtyard. They're giggling loud. And Allison raises her glass and she goes, cheers. 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 She's sick for this. She's really <laughs> sick for this. She's feeling real sorry for herself getting drunk to the sounds of Billy you, and Susan. You know you're an alcoholic when before you even have taken your first sip, you're already drunk. She's Yeah. Because <laughs> she's already like drunk mode. Cheers. It's kind of like how before you even take a hit of crack, you already have to take a shit. Oh, wow. The more you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's very similar. The crack makes you shit? Yes. Oh, damn. So I didn't know. She's already drunk. No, it's like, cheers. 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 She hasn't even had like a sip. She's slurring her words already. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Cheers. Because it's like that, that mode is in. She's in mode, that drunk mode. Yeah. From the moment she hears that giggle. This is why an alcoholic can't even have one drink. Yeah. It, they're off to the races. No, she's out of it. The next day, Matt is jogging by the beach. He's real sweaty. He's having a good cardio sesh. Yeah. And he sees his old boyfriend, Jeffrey, playing basketball. What a shocker. We haven't seen Jeffrey in like one and a half seasons. And Matt's a little pissed. He's a little concerned because he's like what are you doing in LA you said you moved like you had he got stationed somewhere else right that's why he had to leave he had to leave and Jeffrey tells him that he resigned from the Navy after he came out and he's been back in LA for a couple months and Matt's like well you didn't think to call me yeah I mean and he's right yeah he is right but Jeffrey explains to him that after he came out, he became a bit of a pariah. And so he resigned from the Navy three months ago. And Matt's like, well, you know, I thought of, I've thought about you a lot since I last saw you. I thought we had something special. 
And Jeffrey's like, I just needed time. And they're just like staring longingly at each other. Because they're both hot. They're both hot men. They both... They're both sweaty. They're both sweaty. They're having a nice day beachside in Santa Monica. And Jeffrey can't resist Matt. He's like, let's get dinner tomorrow night. And Matt has nothing going on. He's got nothing going on. He's not involved in any drama at Melrose Place this week. No. He's not picky. He's free. And he's like, yeah. And then they hug. Something that made me irritated. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that are irritating about the fact that in the 90s, they wouldn't let two men kiss. They wouldn't show two men kissing on screen right. in on like a primetime TV show. They only hug. But, but just like from a narrative point of view, it sucks because like we as the viewer can't tell whether or not a hug is supposed to symbolize just a hug or a kiss. Right. If they're going to omit these men kissing each other. I do think in this case it is a hug. Right. Yeah. But still, like... No, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes it's like there would be a kiss or like that would add something. It would be like... Oh, like they they're kissing already. They they really are yeah. still hot for each other. I'm trying to think how they could illustrate it. They, they must come up with ways, right? Like they hold hands first or something or touch each other's hair. Yeah. I'm just thinking as actors and writers, they want to illustrate it some way. Right, but it just It's hard. It's I feel like they can never convey that the way No. It makes an impact when oh, you know, because Jake and Sydney, a kiss is very different from a hug. Anyway, this is a good place to take a break. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Joe is at her lawyer's office. And they're strategizing about her case against Reed's parents because they're suing her for custody of her baby. Now, I thought whoever was in charge of wardrobe in this scene was a genius because they have Joe dressed like Roxy Hart during Roxy Hart's press tour in the musical Chicago. She's, oh. She's, I thought, I just... I feel like, I'm just speculating, but I feel like the wardrobe department was referencing Roxy Hart. Wow. I don't remember what she was wearing. She's wearing, I'll show you a picture of it. She's wearing a black dress. With a white collar? With a white, okay. Peter, with a white Peter Pan collar. Right. I do remember this. And it looks, Roxy Hart, another person, another woman who shot her husband. Right. Right. Or her partner. Oh, I'm just saying it's giving yeah. it's giving Roxy Hart. And she finally looks super cute. This is also such a departure from Joe's normal style. That's what makes me think this wardrobe choice was very on purpose and specific. And this storyline, as much as I hate it, it's really starting to um, trigger me in a way. Because this is not um, something that would ever happen. <laughs> Like, yeah, you were not suing for custody to get a child away from a mother who was not in some way 
seriously unable to take care of the baby. This is a very unrealistic storyline. That's not to say that like there are very unfair lawsuits that happen. I just feel like this specifically, there's no reason for it. They haven't given us a, a, a plausible reason. They would, they would sue for visitation. Yes. That I would buy. I would buy that and it would, and we could equally have a compelling storyline. Like if we, if we, the audience knew and Joe knew that these were two very sinister individuals and she didn't want them to have any visitation whatsoever. Right. It's just not believable. And I agree. That's part of what makes it so infuriating is because it's like, it's like, no, you can't have my baby. You can't have my baby. And yeah, I hate this storyline. It sucks. It sucks for a multitude of reasons. Fortunately, this is the only scene we get with Joe. And she does utter one classic Joe line. Yeah. Because the lawyer's like, we need to get character references. And she's like, most of my friends live in my building. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And I was like, that's true for everyone at Melrose Place. That's all. That's her entire friend group. That's just made me, and I was like, this is tragic. It's really tragic. And also, Joe, those aren't the greatest character witnesses. I mean, who are you going to get there? I don't remember if they do this during the court. If they're like, look at, look at the quality of specimens. You got an alcoholic. You got Billy Campbell. You got a woman who was accused of sexual harassment at D&D. Right. You got a... a a former, um, you you got Sydney who's been in jail, and a former sex worker, and a former sex worker. Jane's just stupid. You got <laughs> Jane's doesn't even know her fiance is a rapist. Yeah, and then you got Jake who allegedly burned his own shop down in season one and blew up his boat. Probably, and probably might have blown up his boat. No, it's not looking good. It's not looking good for Joe. But that's why I'm like, you also had your life before. Like your, I guess her mom is dead. But she doesn't have any friends in New York. Like, Yeah, who are her socialite friends from New York? Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't she know Mayor Ed Koch? <laughs> she could give him a call. At D&D, Amanda's on her cell phone giving somebody hell. She's trying to get this new client named John Taylor. Wow. D&D. Not from Duran Duran. Not John Taylor from Duran Duran. John Taylor from like Marisol. They always have the worst clients. Marisol software. Oh, right. And as she's on the phone, as she's getting off the phone, Michael stops by, he pokes his little head in, and he goes, Yoo-hoo! He's wearing a turtleneck. This outfit is crazy. <laughs> He's wearing a white turtleneck sweater underneath a big brown tweed blazer. That's like his not working look or something. It's like his a man about town, yeah. <laughs> rich, rich doctor on, on the weekends. Right. Look. It's pretty dressed up for him. He's really trying something here. Mm. He tells her, look, Amanda, if you can get me my job back, that stake in Jane's company is yours. And she tells him, look, Michael, I guarantee I can get Peter to do anything I want, even if something as unthinkable as rehiring you. Yeah, she's really confident. She's very confident she'll be able to convince Peter to give him his job back. And he's like, hmm, so what's in this for you? And she's like, don't worry, Michael. I've already arranged for a substantial cut. And she says, when God was handing out business sense, Jane was still at the back of the line getting her nails done. During this scene, Amanda also says to Michael that Peter is a very easy target. Like, like he'll absolutely be able to do what I say. Right. And he's thrilled. Mm. He's like, you have a deal. Oh, and do me a favor. Make him beg for it. <laughs> back at Jane Mancini Designs, Chris stops by and he's like, Jane, my boss says if your sales keep up, they could expand the line to the next quarter. And she's like, oh, Chris, 
I'm so excited. You're such a good businessman. And he's like, Jane, I just, I know things have been weird with you and your friends. I just want to start fresh. Yeah, he wants a clean slate with Jake and Sydney. And he's like, I thought we could go to Shooters and make amends <laughs> with Jake and Sydney. And she goes, Oh, Chris, you're such a wonderful man. Ugh. Back at D&D, Amanda tells Billy and Allison that D&D is going to throw a cocktail party for a potential client at Mersol Software. And he's, she's like, this is a really big deal. If we get this client, we're all going to be rich from our Christmas bonuses. Yeah. And she puts Allison in charge of, like, helping set up this party. And Billy goes, we should hire Susan for a caterer. Oof. And Allison scowls. And Amanda's like, that's a great idea, Billy. And Billy says, you don't mind, Allison. I mean, Susan could really use the exposure. And she's like, Susan and I will still be friends after you two are done. Like, everything Allison says is drunk-tinged. Even though she's allegedly sober at work. Because she's just kind of, like, putting a little accent on everything. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's not her typical speaking voice. No, she's on one. That night at Shooters, Jane and Chris show up. And Sydney is like, Jake, I am not going to wait on them. I mean, this is a pretty disconcerting thing to do when you're when you're being accused of raping someone to just show up yeah this is the hubris <laughs> of chris yeah and this is how much of a a like aggressive predator he is where he just thinks he's going to sh- this is like part of his intimidation yeah and jane is like not smart enough to be like, look, we shouldn't do it this way. I'm fine making amends. But we shouldn't bombard her no. at her work where she can't escape. Yeah. No, she's too dense to understand that. And that should be a bad sign to her, a red flag to her. Yeah. And so Jake marches over to Jane and Chris and he's like, guys, I don't think this is a good idea. Why don't you take Crocodile Dundee and go to another bar? I laughed because that's like, finally... Someone's calling him Crocodile Dundee. We've waited so long for it. I mean, we've gotten hints at it because Michael was... Kangaroo Boy or... Michael called him Kangaroo Boy and something else, referencing Down Under. But that's like the Australian reference of that era. Yes. Like, you gotta. So Chris is like, there's been a horrible misunderstanding, (laughs) Jake. I'd like to start over fresh. And Jake is like, and Chris, Jane is like, please, Jake. And she's like, he's like, all right, only one drink for Jane's sake. Oof. Chris can't even wait to pounce on Sydney. He, he is shameless. He takes her first moment alone at the bar where she's like getting something at the bar and he comes over to her and says, diddling the boss. (laughs) I hear that's one way to stay out of the nut house. Also, how is Jane not watching every movement he makes there? How did she miss this? Yeah, because it's like, what did you say to her? Why were you up against her? She's reapplying her rum raisin (laughs) lipstick. She's, I can't believe she didn't catch this. And Sydney loses it. And she grabs a beer bottle and hurls it at Chris and it smashes against the wall. Mm. And I love that instead of getting mad at Sydney, Jake yells at Chris and Jane. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He, he knows Chris must have said something bad mm. for Sydney to have such a reaction. And Jane is like, how could you, Jake? She's gross. She's really gross. Yeah. This I'm, is like unacceptable. I'm really anti-Jane right now. Oh, me too. Peter takes Amanda to his place in the hills. And this is such a Peter Burns house. <laughs> I was like, I don't love carpet, but I want that leopard carpet. It's not carpet. It's a huge area rug. It is? It's just a huge area okay, rug. Okay, it's huge. It almost looks like a carpet, but you can see the borders of it. Okay, I loved it. I loved it too. And it's funny because although Chris has leopard print accents in his apartment, 
for some reason, Peter's was like tasteful, whereas Chris's, the way Chris styled his was mm. in a sleazy way. Yes, I don't. I thought the carpet or rug was so elegant. It looked great. It was expensive. It was an expensive rug, and Peter is like all about the being a show off. So Amanda is a really impressed by Peter's chessboard. And it is, and I have, okay, I have never seen anything like this in my life. What is this? It's an electronic chessboard. I guess that you can play with yourself. Is this something that exists? Probably. This is crazy. It's an electronic chessboard that has buttons where the chess pieces move. And you can, yeah, you can play by yourself against the computer in the board, I guess. This piece is like a big flex to have this in your house. And he has it like in the center of the room, like a showpiece. It's a showpiece. And he's really proud of it. And Amanda is like so horny about it. We find out Amanda is a chess lover. Did you know this? (laughs) No, I don't think any (laughs) of us knew this. And she's like, she says to him about the board, she's like, that's amazing, but you've gone and exposed your rook. And the way she said that was like, you've gone and exposed your cock. Yeah, this is a seductive scene. Right, the subtext in this scene is about Peter's dick. Yeah. And where it needs to go. And she's the queen. Right. (laughs) And he is so horny for her because she knows chess. Mm. And he says, you know, I've been looking for a chess partner just like you. I'm very tired of playing by myself. He's... He's kind of sleazy, too, but it's hot. (laughs) He's very sleazy, but he's, like, sophisticated sleazy. It's crazy. So they start kissing, and she tells him, Peter, I need a favor, and it's about Michael Mancini. And he's like, Mancini, ah, nasty (laughs) piece of work, that one. Yeah. And she asks Peter if if he could give him another chance at the hospital. And she even admits to him. She's like, yeah, and there's something in it for me. Like, of course. I mean, it could have been a real boner killer bringing up Mancini at that moment. But for some reason, it makes him even hornier. Yeah, it really does. This is like the testament to Amanda's power over Peter. And the fact that Peter's a little sick. Like, he... He's like a little demented. He's a little demented and he kind of is turned on by um, this like deception. He likes a shenanigan. And he likes a shenanigan (laughs) and he likes, he's turned on by playing, you know, no pun intended, 4D chess. I think it's because he has this very serious job where everything has to be, be done by the book. Like the, you know, like, leading a hospital you can't be a rule breaker this is his kink this is his kink on the side he can he can play these little chess games yeah right so he agrees he's like okay i'll hire him back and they start making out the next day at the hospital michael is back he's got his little cardboard box he's waltzing into the doctor's lounge and he's like baby i'm back (laughs) and kimberly is shocked and she's like michael Like, how on earth did Peter hire you back? And Michael's like, Burns practically begged me to come back to work. (laughs) And she's like, I doubt that. And he's like, okay, not really, but I'm back. And she's like, wow, congratulations. How'd you do that? And he goes, magician never reveals a secret. (laughs) (laughs) At Shooters, Jake is setting up for the day when Sydney stops by. And she's like, I think I need to quit because I'm just causing so much trouble at shooters. And he's like, no, you're not quitting. You're on probation and you, you need to have a job and you're my best employee. And she's like, I just need to move like away from LA and far away from everybody. And I love that. He's like, you can't because Jane's going to find out about this sooner or later. Like, you just have to wait a little bit longer. Wait a few more episodes, Sydney. It's going to be great. You're going to want to see this. And then he asks her out on a date. 
and, and she's like really happy. He also says he cares about her. He says he cares about her. This is not just a one night stand to him. I love them together. I think they're really sweet and she's happy. She's like thrilled. She says, yes, I'd love to go out with you. But a real turnaround for her. Like she turns she, on a dime here. She really does turn on a dime, but I think she just needed to be shown some care. Yeah. In a way that men haven't showed her care before. Yeah, she bought it from him. Because it was believable because he meant it. Yeah. At Jane Mancini Designs, Michael waltzes in. He's like, all right, let's sign these papers. Give Jane her stake back. And he's, he's whipping out his pen. He's sitting down at the desk, and Amanda and Jane are both present for this. And he's like, I can't do it. He's like, re- pretends to read it. He's like, hmm. He's like hemming and hawing, like he's making a decision. He's like, I can't do it. I love this business too much. And Jane's like, Michael, Michael, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> and, and Amanda's like, Michael, I got you your job back, and I could get it taken away just as easily. And Michael says, oh, I don't think so, Amanda. And he pulls out a tape oh. recorder, and he hits play. And we hear Amanda saying, Peter Burns is a really easy target. And she's like saying how she has Peter wrapped around her finger. From My pe- heart sunk. My heart sunk for her because she got... She got her ass owned. She got her ass owned. She should have kept Peter, her opinions of Peter out of this. Or like, how do you not think ahead if you're so good at chess that Michael might try to do something like this? Michael is so proud of himself and Amanda is furious. And then he takes it to another level and he says, oh, and Jane, you're going to love this. (laughs) And he hits play again. And we hear the part of the conversation where Amanda said that Jane didn't have any business sense because she was too busy getting her nails done. I love how we had it queued up for those two moments. Yeah, like he cut the tape. (laughs) It was perfect. And Jane says, Michael, you're scum. Yeah, this is embarrassing for Amanda. (laughs) And also, like, it's exciting because we know Amanda is not going to let this one go. Do you hear that? Yeah. Is that Masha? That's Masha. Michael is cackling. He's owned these two bitches. It's got to feel great. It's, it was honestly kind of great to watch. It was great to watch, but I, I am on Amanda's side here. I'm totally on Amanda's side, but it was yeah. very funny. Yeah, of course. It, and it's always funny to see Jane get got by Michael again when she goes, Michael, you're disgusting. Yeah, that's all <laughs> she has. <laughs> She's all constantly like new, like he's doing... He's finding new ways to be awful to her. And, and she just insults him. It's just always fun to watch yeah, for me. Yeah, for sure. And then he says, oh, and Amanda, I want you to keep me abreast of any tidbits going on at the <laughs> hospital. Or Peter Peter Pumpkin Eater is going to get a load of what else, what's on that tape. Yeah. And here I was already thinking, I was like, just tell Peter. He won't give a shit. Like, I was already thinking that. No, because he sees far ahead into the future. Yes. This is just a distraction to him. Yes. This is not... He also is so infatuated with Amanda. This is not something that's going to bruise his ego. I also, just thinking on from Amanda's point of view, I'd rather sabotage Michael and lose Peter. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't give a shit right. at this point. Right. So... Jane, after Michael leaves, Jane is mad at Amanda now Mm. because she ruined this for her and she was talking shit about her on that tape. As if Jane wouldn't have fell for the same trick. Jane would have fallen for it worse. (laughs) Yeah. Jane's even dumber. For sure. That night at D&D at the party, Mm. the prospective client, John Taylor, is really impressed with Amanda. He's like, this is this is fabulous, this party. And, you know, as, as long as you agree to my fee proposal, then we, we have a deal. Right. And Amanda's just like, yeah, of course. She's giving this guy everything he wants. Yeah, there's some weird business thing going on that we don't know what it is. Right, but it has to do with his payment. Yeah. And 
she just wants to get this guy on board at D&D so she can close his deal. And Peter is at this party, and he's, like, very impressed with Amanda. He's like, this is... <laughs> He's like, this is so impressive. I just want to fuck you by this floral bouquet. Yeah, he loves it. Meanwhile, Allison is at the bar asking for another vodka straight up. Ugh, girl. This is a mess. And she's chugging her vodka when she sees Billy and Susan kissing. So inappropriate. This was inappropriate of them. This is not stealing a kiss. They were, like, making out... This is a work event, and you're making out with the caterer? I, I just, like, I was like, come on. Like, you would think, at least think, we expect this from dumb Billy, but you would think, like, Susan would be like, I can't do this here. I'm, like, on a gig, and I want to get hired again. Like, honestly, Susan is my enemy, and I think she deserves everything that Allison says to her. Oh, my God. No one's on Susan's side. She's such a dumb bitch. I hate her. I really dislike her. So Allison... After Susan heads back into the food prep area, which is like a conference room, it's a conference room where she has like a little hot plate. That was pathetic. It was really pathetic. And Allison grabs her drink and marches over to Billy. And he's like trying to make small talk. He's like, yeah, the party's going great, huh? And Allison says, yeah, except for the food. And Billy (laughs) says, I think it's delicious. So does everybody else. And Allison says, it's over-salted. Yeah. Is that what she says? She says She's like, the sal- food is awful. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm a bit prejudiced. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's like, she tells Billy, I just hope you're being careful, Billy. I wouldn't want you to catch anything. <laughs> This was out of pocket. <laughs> this was great. She says, you know, back in college, the boys used to call her round heel Susan. <laughs> what does that mean? Is that a term? I've never heard this term. I had to rewind it because I, I was like, what? Did she say round heel, heel, heel Susan? Round heeled Susan because she, you could turn her around and she'd be on her back or something. She'd easily turn around on her back. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Who made this term up? I mean, it could be something in the Midwest. I Maybe it's easier to turn her around. I don't believe this is a real term. I love it, though. It's so... It was perfect. Vulgar. It is disgusting. I don't even know what it means. The way Allison said it was as if she was saying the most vulgar, despicable right. thing. Yeah, it's it was like the equivalent of like, and she fucked the whole football team. She like, said it like a slur. No, it was, you look, her, whatever def, like inflection she put on it made it sound like that's the worst thing you can be called. Yeah. You know? No, it was great. And Billy is disgusted. He's disgusted by Allison. He's like, you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you're drunk, Allison. And she's like, yeah, but you're a fucking pig. And in the morning, at least I'll be sober. I don't know about that. <laughs> and then Allison walks off in the direction towards the conference room. <laughs> this is like truly <laughs> an incredible to watch. Because she's on a rampage of destruction and she's just making her way through the party. And it's like, I would have been all eyes on her. I have chills Like, I've been waiting for this scene the whole time we've been doing this podcast. This is, like, more impressive to me than someone's, like, and that was filmed all in one shot. No. Like, this this is is my Dolly, like, tracking shot. This is cinema. Yeah. I can't believe it. Amanda marches over to Billy and is like, Allison is drunk. You need to drive her home immediately. But then Bruce forcefully grabs Amanda and is like, get over here. He's furious. He's such a weird guy. Bruce is such a weirdo, but I'm getting excited thinking about this upcoming battle between Bruce and Amanda that ends in an insane way. Mm. So he's like, did you just promise John Taylor that we'd accept his fee proposal? And she's like, well, yes, I did. 
And he's like, you have no kind of authority to make that kind of promise. He starts chewing her out in the middle of this party. And Peter's there, or like looking. He overhears all of this, and Amanda is getting reamed out by Bruce. Like she's really getting put in her place. It's embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed if someone yelled at me like that. No, she does that thing where whenever Bruce is like screaming at her, she always responds with like, he's like, do you, do you understand? And she goes, yes, it's crystal clear. Crystal clear. She just like, she always has that response. Mm. um, Cause she just can't, she can't say what she really wants to say. No. And it's, and she doesn't want to be apologetic. Right. So it's like an in-between. She understands. Yeah. She understands what he's saying. He storms off and Peter's like, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, let's get out of here. She just wants to leave. She's been, she's been humiliated. No, this is hard for Amanda. Yeah. But meanwhile, Mm. Susan's in the conference room working on the food. She's got some spring rolls. She has a massive chef's coat on. She has a huge chef's <laughs> coat. Like, Susan, it's not that serious. But why is it, like, 3X? Like, oh, it's, it's so huge. huge. It's huge. And she's, like, very serious about um, whatever bullshit she's making. No, it's, like, hors d'oeuvre, past hors d'oeuvre food. Yeah. And Allison saunters in. <laughs> And Susan is completely innocent. She doesn't know how drunk Allison is. And she's like, oh, hey, Allison, everything's going great, huh? And this is when Allison says, says who? Yeah. The food's salty and the service sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And she, and Susan's like, what? And she's like, you are about as good for Billy as you're cooking. In other words, you stink. The way she, like, mouths this <laughs> is crazy. No. You did it exactly right, but no one can see it. It is, she's wide-mouthed, and the teeth are clicking. We like, see the whole mouth. She's like, you're about as good for him as you are your cooking. In other words, you stink. It's like, it doesn't make sense, really. <laughs> it's it's more, not particularly a great burn. The more you think about it, it's like the less of an effective burn it is, but it's also really funny. But it's so full of venom that it's actually a debilitating burn. Oh, Do you know what I mean? So it's mean. like, she hates you. There's something that's so funny also about just being really mean about Susan's cooking. Like just telling her that she's a terrible cook. And your food sucks. Like... <laughs> It is, it is funny because she comes in and, and Susan is so unassuming. She's like, "How?" it seems like it's going well. And Allison immediately is just like, says who? <laughs> says who? That's where Susan should have left the room. The minute Allison said, says who, you knew what was coming. You knew it was coming and Allison was just going to destroy her. I also love where it's like, it's salty and the service sucks. Like, what is it? What does she have to do with a serving? <laughs> She's back there putting a the little fucking crew today together. Um, it's so great. Um, and Susan is like so taken aback and horrified by this. And she says, you know, Allison, I thought you could handle this, but, but I guess you can't handle it. Just like you can't handle your liquor. What is she thinking in this moment? To go at Allison with something like that. No, because Allison throws her drink onto Susan and it splashes all over her face and her little chef's coat. And And then then Susan immediately throws a ladle of marinara on her or something. Yeah, she throws marinara sauce onto Allison's chest and it just like gets all over her. Meanwhile, while this is happening, Billy is in... (laughs) The window of the conference, like looking into the conference room where they are. Yeah. Because you know how they have those like windows? Yeah. He's just standing there and he's watching a, this. He's not doing anything. He has the most Billy face of all time on too. He's like, like slack jawed. I was like, what are you fucking doing? I took a picture of it. Oh, good. It, it is so it stupid. It is so funny. He's just peering in, like watching his ex fiance get splashed with tomato sauce and them... I just like, if that's me, 
the second I see them together, I'm in there before anything even happens. No, he's like, oh, maybe we should see how this goes down. Whoa, shit, they're talking. They're like clearly having a, a heated conversation. And Susan calls Allison a bitch. I forgot about that. She calls her a bitch and then she throws the marinara on her. Yeah, it's like a real fast... It's sort of like the impulse you have when someone throws a drink on you, you like hit them or throw something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, you don't even think. And then they start brawling. This is so unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're literally having a cat fight in this small conference room. There's like a space between the wall and the table that's like two feet wide. No, I was expecting spring rolls to go everywhere. I was laughing so hard. That no one saw what was happening? Nobody. But if I was at this party, this boring office party, and I saw that there was like a brawl going on in the in the food prep area, I would like beeline over there so fast. Because this is literally feet away from the party. <laughs> this isn't like down the hall. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, this is the most exciting office party. It's so... Funny. I I had chills watching this whole scene. Oh, it's great. I love watching Allison throw down and like get dirty. And Billy finally breaks them up when they start like physically attacking each other. Yeah. And Allison goes, I guess I'm going to catch a cab. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's trying to do that thing. Like she's a cat where she... She falls on her ass and then she gets up like she's totally cool and she's covered in marinara. She's, she's wearing like a pale sage green sweater top and like splash splash marinara all over the front. Yeah. I was like, she's gonna walk through that party. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it looks so like the second she walks back out into the crowded office, people are gonna be like, oh my god, Allison, what happened? Well, because like at some point she's cut where you just see the shoulders and above, and you're like, oh, she didn't get splashed that bad. But then when she goes towards the door, <laughs> see, it's everywhere. It's so yeah, I just I was laughing. I, w- I was like, I wish they let us see her walk back through the party. And her going, like, what are you looking at? Yeah, what are you looking at, Bruce? <laughs> Uh, and she's like, guess I'm going to catch a cab. And we just see her stumble out. Oh yeah. She's stumbling. Incredible scene. Susan she deserved it. Emmy. She should have gotten an Emmy for this. Susan absolutely deserved everything Allison said to her. Oh yeah. Judging by that weird pureed pigeon dish that Susan made a few episodes back. I do believe Allison that her cooking stinks. I, I, I agree with you, though. I love that she goes after her cooking. It's so mean. Yeah. It's so mean, and it's so personal to Susan. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's great because she didn't decide to go, like, after her looks, or she didn't call her a slut to her face. No. Well, to Billy's... <laughs> she called her a slut to Billy. She implied that Susan had STDs. Yeah. But she didn't say it to her face. She wanted to hit her where it was really going to hurt. Yeah. And you're not talented. (laughs) Like cooking stinks. Yeah. Back at Peter Burns' house, he's consoling Amanda by the fireplace. He's trying to cheer her up after she got destroyed by Bruce at the party. And she admits to him that... Michael Mancini caught her on tape kind of like lightly talking shit about Peter. Like he explains, yeah. she explains like what went down basically. Like, yeah, he's, he, he's got me. Yeah. And he of course is like, oh, I don't, I don't care about that. He's not deep passion for liars. He like, thinks it's hot. Yeah. But he says about Mancini, he's like, he's a real piece of work. That one. Yeah. He's disgusted that Mancini would do that. Well, and and this has lit a fire under him to own my, Mancini's ass, like yeah. even harder than he already has. He recognizes that Amanda was just trying to play the game and get what she wanted in that moment from Mancini. Yeah. And that he doesn't take it personally, whatever she may have said about him on that tape. No, and this is why they're a great match. Peter wants to talk to her about D&D. He's like, that boss of yours, we got to take him down. We got to find a way to 
get around him. He's like, Bruce is a loser. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he hates Bruce. I, this is like exactly what Amanda wants to hear from a man. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's like, I saw a man disrespecting you and challenging your like authority kind of, or challenging you. And I want to destroy him. Yeah. We need to destroy him now and you'll be running. You'll have his job in months. No, this is the way to get her hooked. Oh my God. He knows exactly what Amanda needs from a man. And he says, and she's like, what do you mean? Like, how would we get around Bruce? He's very well insulated. And he says, a little power play that would put you in charge of D&D and me as your financial partner. He's just like Amanda. He's just like Amanda. And she's like, you're crazy. And he says, oh, Amanda, everybody has their vulnerable spot. We just need to find out what his is. Mm. And she's horny about that. Of course. She starts kissing him. The next day at the beach, Matt and Jeffrey are going for a walk. And Matt admits to Jeffrey that he fell in love with him last year. And Jeffrey's like, well, I feel the same way. But I have to tell you something. Jeffrey tells Matt that he has tested positive for HIV. Yeah. And Matt is like, oh, my God. And Jeffrey's like, yeah, I didn't tell you because I felt that you wouldn't want to see me again. And obviously, we if you know Matt. this Matt would never abandon someone who was diagnosed with HIV. Ever. Ever. Matt would never do that. And in fact, Matt hugs him immediately. Yes. And they have like a, an emotional embrace and Matt's crying. Matt's not going to leave Jeffrey. Especially now. This is going to bring them closer together. Absolutely. Uh, Allison tries to apologize to Susan as she is once again packing up her shit. I don't know how many times this bitch has packed her shit in Allison's house. I love how regretful Allison is every morning. It's so great. It's so classic alcoholic. Yeah. Where Allison has spent the entire morning swearing to herself she's never going to drink again. And guess what, Allison? You're an alcoholic. You're going to drink again. Yeah. She's like, sorry, I snapped. I was just, yeah, oops. Your food's not salty. Oopsies. Very sorry about what I said. And she's like trying to play it off. She's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, maybe this is good. You're moving. We'll have a little distance. Uh, Give me your address so we can keep in touch. Yeah. And she's like, Allison, I feel sorry for you. She's like, I'm not mad. I just feel sorry for you, which is the worst thing you can say. It's so low. She really owned her ass. And then Susan, we watch her haul her two big suitcases up the stairs and into Billy's apartment. No surprise. That's where her new apartment is. And they didn't show this scene, but Allison immediately went to the freezer and got her bottle of vodka. No, she looks devastated and horrified when she sees Susan kiss Billy and walk into his apartment. No, this is... Susan is out of control for this one. <laughs> like, like, seriously. This bitch Get has, a hotel. Get some boundaries, bitch. That's crazy that she did this. Clearly your friend is also in, a cri- in crisis right now. I just don't get it. Like, I don't get it. I hate this bitch. Susan is crazy. Like, she is like... I don't know how someone walks through life this way. And I'm not saying that Allison doesn't deserve blame for her own actions. She absolutely has a part in this. I'm not letting Allison off the hook, but I will say that Susan has never once made me laugh, whereas Allison's sick burns at the office party were hilarious. Susan will never have what Allison had in that moment. Never. Like... She'll, she doesn't have anything close to a moment like that. She's no. awful. She's a drip. Exactly. She's That's the perfect drip. word for her. She's a total drip. Uh, she brings out Billy's worst side. Even if Allison is a maniac last night, which she was, why would you throw lighter fluid on the fire? Like, this is, like you said, she's, in, she's, got, she's on one. Like, she, she's struggling. She just got found out she was molested. Right. I'm just saying, like, how much more can she take? Susan 
is not responsible for Allison's alcoholism, but Susan should do her own like personal soul searching and realize that exactly what you said. She threw a match on gasoline. She has no compassion for Allison. Yeah, she has zero compassion, and she really did like move in on Billy so quickly. Dude, it was so fast. Like, why do you even, you don't even think that. Imagine moving in with Billy after you've only been dating him a few weeks. Like, I mean, moving in with him at all is crazy, but this is crazy. I don't remember if we get, like, what other Susan, Allison interactions are coming down the pike. Yeah, I don't either. So I'm excited. How long is Allison an alcoholic? For, for a while. Yeah. I can't remember. I couldn't remember. It does last the whole series. The whole, I mean, she, I mean, obviously I know you're always an alcoholic. No, I, I don't even mean like, I'm just saying it is addressed the whole series. The right. whole time she's on the series. But there is, there is this hardcore section. Where she's an active alcoholic, yes. you mean? Yeah. I don't remember. Like this point. Right, know. where she's actively drinking. I don't remember how long it lasts. Yeah, okay. But it does get worse. Yes. <laughs> it does get much worse. So I'm excited for that. Well, because then we're going to get into the workplace alcoholism. Oh my God, yes. And that's crazy. And Amanda's not going to like that. No. And Ugh. we're going to get into the Bruce-Amanda stuff. No, the D&D stuff goes off the rails. It gets so crazy. Because you're like, wait, this is interesting now? I'm so excited for those storylines. Me too. Anyway, we will be back soon. Yeah. With episode 10. Ooh. Season 3, episode 10, coming out soon. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.